Good morning again. We are continuing, although we've had a bit of a break uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, with Graham Can. We're continuing with uh, parables, and we'll be doing that for the rest of this year. The parables that Jesus spoke were true story. Were, were sorry, weren't true stories, but they were stories that spoke to a truth that he was wanting to teach. And here in Matthew 24, uh, 25, I've got the right chapter, haven't I? Yep. We find ourselves, uh, Jesus with his disciples at the Mount of Olives, uh, just east of Jerusalem. And he's talking to his disciples about future events, about the coming of Jesus the second time. He hasn't died yet, but he's talking about the second time that he will come. And this morning, this message is, is not to be sugar-coated or watered down and it might come across as harsh or even offensive in today's culture. But these are the words of Jesus and his words are the truth. And he says, I am coming again and there will be two types of people. There are the sheep the, the righteous, and there are the goats, and they will be separated into two groups. What one one will lead to the righteous eternal life, and the other to eternal judgment. In the verses leading up to our passage today, Jesus spoke in another parable that Sam is going to bring to us in a couple of weeks. Did you know that, Sam? You've been in Europe for three months. <clears throat> Every meeting we've been putting, Sam, oh, Sam can do that, yep, Sam can do that, yep. <clears throat> Surprise when he came back home. But Jesus speaks to the this, this parable of the ten virgins. And five were ready and prepared. And five weren't ready. They weren't prepared. And the bridegroom came, who's representative Jesus. And those who aren't ready and prepared were left behind. But he goes on to say after that, we aren't to inactively wait for Jesus to come again. Not that our actions will earn our salvation or our place in the kingdom, but we are to be people of action. This life in Christ that we have isn't about just being watchful and ready but also being people of service and working for the kingdom. For 2,000 years among those in the church, in the global church, there are genuine followers and there are ingenuine. Is that the right word? Disingenuine. You know what I mean. <coughs> there are the true and there are the false. And it's often referred to in Matthew's Gospel. We, we, we heard one this morning. Those with the, the foundation, the, the house built on the rock, 
and those with a house bed on the sand, the, the good soil, the bad soil. There's the wide gate and the narrow gate, the wheat and the weeds, the true servant and the false servant in today's passage. A person opened up uh, their first business, a financial consultancy business in the city. I was quite excited to make a great impression And they saw their first customer walking in. And so instantly they grabbed the phone, put it to the ear and started talking while this customer person came in and stood there. Yes, Premier, yes. Yes, 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 happy to help, happy to help. We've got time, we've got room for you, yes. Uh, we'll give you all the advice you need. Make sure you're getting all the, the right decisions are made. Yes, Premier, yes. And hangs up. And says, oh, good morning, sorry to keep you waiting, Premier Victoria there, just needing to tie things up with him and, uh, what can I do for you? They said, oh, I'm here to connect the phones. (laughs) (coughs) Unfortunately, you know, there are some who would have us believe that they are connected, that they are in relationship with God, that they're having a conversation with God, but there is no connection. They may claim to belong, but what action, what works are being done for the kingdom? God has an expectation of us. We have a, we can have wonderful expectations of God, and rightly so, because what we know of who God is, that He is a healer, that He is a provider, that He does give us peace, He is a place of refuge. And we can expect those things in our life. But God has an expectation on us. And as we get a picture of those expectations in this parable, I just want us to remember three R's this morning. Responsibility, that is the master who gives responsibility to the servant. Then we've got the, the, the reaction of the servant. And then there is the response from the master. The responsibility, the reaction and the response. The responsibility in, in verse 1, Jesus says, again, it, it will be like. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus is prophesying to, to future events. His second coming where he will, he will not come to, to as, as a servant to serve. No. He will come to judge. He will come to separate. A man with many servants goes on a journey. He gives one five talents, another two talents, another one talent. Uh, I don't want to miss the, the forest for the trees here. But it's important just in the sum of this detail, a, a talent uh, was a, a weight that would have been understood back in the day and there's a number of different opinions on how much exactly, but it was a weight used to, to weigh precious metals like silver and gold. 
a number of commentaries put it at around equivalent of a year's wages, a significant amount of money. And the point is, it's not some very small, minuscule responsibility given to the servant from the master. No, it's big, a great responsibility. Even if it's just one talent, it's a large amount. And the servants are given responsibility according to their capabilities. Because really the amount isn't what's important here. for the attitude and the work of the servants with what they have. We can easily categorise what God has given us. That, oh, I'm not a good speaker, I'm not good with new people, I'm not good leader, I can't do this, I can't do that. I believe the greatest responsibility of the servants of Jesus Christ have is to share what he has given us. Our salvation, forgiveness, new purpose, a plan for this life. That is not being evident in my life as I look back and reflect this week. I haven't succeeded in that constantly. Um, but I did get a, a wonderful opportunity throughout the week to meet with someone who is religious. Um, this person I have had a bit to do with over a few years, so I was able to go deeper with this person and they were able to be vulnerable and they are going through a very difficult time. Uh just recently, you might be aware that we went on a pastoral care workshop. Uh, the pastoral care, some of the pastoral care team and elders. And so, as this person was sharing, you know, I, I was actually trying to. My, my mind was was going like a million miles an hour because I was trying to remember, like, oh, active listening, Josh. Active listening. You know, uh, uh, don't don't jump in too quickly with questions, Josh. Um, listen properly, you know, summarise, uh, make sure your eye contact, you know, and all those things are going through my mind. But the, I, I sense, because I, I just quickly asking God, like, give me the right words to say. What, what is appropriate to say here? And there's just some things that have been on my heart recently that, and, and that God has challenged me with about, about our hope in him. Um, and about going through whatever we're going through. Um, and so I was also able to share a bit about my own personal experience through difficult times and what they've looked like for me and what God has done for me in those times. Now, I don't know if that has changed the world or, or has done anything, but I, I trust that God can use um, that situation where we share genuine experience of what God has done for me and pass that on to someone else. Our salvation, our, our life in Christ, we all have been given that responsibility 
to, to, to work with, to share with others, just as the master gave responsibility to the servants and gave this talent to the servants. So we are recipients of the mystery. Colossians 1 states, Christ living in us is our hope of glory. Not a golden ticket that we find like Willy Wonka in the chocolate bar and, and, and put that away in our pocket for heaven and go on living whatever life we want to live. No, but the, the change that comes into our life when, when the Holy Spirit comes into us to change the way that we think and impact on the way that we live. That's the great mystery. Christ living in us. That we live with a new purpose. We don't live for ourselves. We live for what God wants me to do. When I make a decision about work, when I make a decision about money, whether I make a decision about family, what does God want me to do? What's my response to be like? What, how does God want me to respond in this situation? This is the, the talent, the, the master's possessions which are given to the servants. This is the this is what the Master, our Lord, has given to us. It's your responsibility. Take it to your family. Take this to your communities. The opportunities is our responsibility. God gives us opportunities just to share our experience of what God has done in our life. Share that with someone else. What a responsibility we have from our master. Well, there we have the reactions from the servants. And a bit like the, uh, the response from the, the master, there's a couple different reactions. Servant one and two with their five and two. Well, they, uh, they immediately went and traded. And in verse 17, the one who received two likewise he received two, he gained two more. And if we were just to think about the number, like I said before, we'd miss the point. Because it's not about the perceived greatness of a spiritual gift or ability, but that they fulfilled all that they had from the opportunities God gave them. And in verse 18 it says, The one who received one talent went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And there is a mark of a false servant. One who invested nothing. One who did nothing. Out of sight, out of mind. Put it away and then gone to live his own life. His own agenda. Two years, five years, however long it was, the master comes back. The master came back. You know, with the millions that are going to church today, and we are part of that, 
in the churches around the world today, there are some who claim to belong. There are some who are sitting on boards in churches. Many who are singing songs, reading verses, perhaps speaking from the front. but are in no way living a life of service for the Lord. A wiser person than me a number of years ago spoke to me about the importance of knowing Jesus not just as Saviour, but knowing Jesus as Lord. That's not to say that once we receive Jesus as our Saviour that life is perfect, but the evidence of our faith. Not not for faith, but the evidence of our faith should be seen in the works that are produced in our life. One can't simply state, I, I have faith, yet in one's life there is no evidence. James 2 says that if faith without works is dead. There's no point in me saying that I have all the faith in the world in this chair to hold me up, but I, I never, ever sit in it. Or a pilot who has faith that the, the aeroplane will take him all the way to the next destination, but this pilot never, ever sits in the cockpit to fly A faith needs substance. There needs to be an evidence to show that it's genuine. There's a great old hymn, many of you will know the one that said, All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. And as we consider the reaction, I think that's the reaction Jesus is wanting from us. All to Jesus. There's a rich young ruler who comes to Jesus. How do I inherit eternal life? Religious guy. Religious. Jesus' response. Not to say a three-sentence prayer... No. Not to be more religious in the, in the way of the times. No, he calls him to action. He looks past the facade and sees into his heart. They sell all your things. Don't do that and come and follow me. He wanted to bury his talent and live his own life. He wanted to have the religion without the action, the faith without deeds. I am wary of this of this thought. But it is on my heart to say that we must be 
careful when we lead people to Jesus. When we are telling people about salvation and what it means to belong to the kingdom, what it means to be going to heaven, what it means to know Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. I think there is, a, there is a concern, that there is a worry that what often gets communicated is a way to heaven. Pray this prayer, you will go to heaven. Unfortunately, I'm sure over many, many, many years, some have become like this servant. They think they've got their ticket to heaven. They've done the right thing and now they can put that away and go live their own life. One Corinthians Three and then again Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 6. You are not your own. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. It's not just about a ticket that you put away and say, oh, at that point into my life I said the right thing and now I'm off to heaven and I can just live my life as I please. That's not genuine. Making a decision for Jesus is about repentance, it's about change. It is about forgiveness, it's about purpose. And it's about Jesus Christ coming into our life that the Holy Spirit would change us. The body is the temple of God, Paul goes on to say. You have been bought with a price. You are no longer your own. Honour God with your life. That's the reaction Paul's saying we should have to our responsibility. That's the reaction to the responsibility. And so the master returns. What's the response from the master? Well, there's the two servants with five and two and they went to work and with what they were given, yet the one dug a hole and buried it. Master didn't come back in a week or two. He was gone a while. Opportunity for the work to be done. Those who went to work were welcomed by the master. Well done, good and faithful servants. Come and share in your master's happiness. 
but not so for servant three. The servant has excuses. You notice that? The servant has excuses. He's got opinions. He's got his own opinions on the master. You're a hard man. I'm afraid of you. Didn't want to take that sort of risk. Look, I've given you back exactly what you gave me. There we go. You wicked, lazy servant. Wicked and lazy. You could have at least got me interest from the bank. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pretty harsh, isn't it? Pretty offensive, maybe. But it's the truth. It's the truth. When it comes to humanity meeting their creator, political correctness not going to count for anything. Whether Collingwood wins the grand final is irrelevant. It's probably irrelevant for most of you now anyway. But How much the interest rate is going up? Not going to matter at that time. Jesus is going to separate the wheat from the weeds the sheep from the goats there will be those who are like the virgins who had no oil and weren't ready and prepared and were left behind the wide gate and the narrow gate. And the message here is that some are living a life where they think they're going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've done, I've done a couple of things. I've read a few verses. I've said a few things, the right things at the right time. Got my ticket here, I'm off. But the truth is, they won't be. Jesus is the righteous judge. And a time is coming. He will separate humanity for eternity. And so the question and the challenge that I I trust the Spirit of God is is putting on us this morning is firstly and foremost is Jesus Christ my Saviour and Lord. Where do I fit when Jesus comes? Maybe today. 
and there's a separation. Am I in the kingdom? Or maybe the challenge is more to do with the responsibility God has given you with what you have been given. What are you doing with it? Is our reaction sensitive to the calling? As we consider those things, I'd ask the team to just come and lead us in song again and um, and you can stand or sit. I'm not sure what Kat will do, but I'll leave that with you, Kat. Um, and after that, Ev, you lead us in prayer and close our time off. Um, and... and if it is a, an opportunity, if, if it is a, a time for you right now where you think it's appropriate to, I want to talk about it, pray about it. There's something in my life that's challenging me. Um, feel free to come down and talk to myself. Feel free to come down and you need to pray about something, you want to talk about something. You can do that during the song, you can do that afterwards, you can do it during the week. But what's your reaction? What's your reaction going to be this morning? Thanks, team. Thanks.